Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. You may have had a teacher or two in school that made an impression on you. Mr. Wit and Mr. Painter were two teachers of mine that combined their classes, actually, and taught together, I believe it was social studies, and and did so in a really kind of unusual way, but it was very effective. And unfortunately, this kind of outside-the-box thinking can't be tolerated, (laughs) and uh, their class was canceled and disbanded after just a few years. But no matter, what what do you think of, of teachers, their public school unions, are one of the most powerful unions in the country. So what they put effort and money into usually has quite an effect on our nation. Now, Christy Clark wrote an article for the dailywire.com, the nation's largest teacher union pledged to teach critical race theory, the ideology that claims America is irredeemably rooted in racism, in all 50 states across the more than 14,000 school districts the union works with. The National Education Association, or NEA, held its annual uh, representative assembly virtually over the 4th of July holiday weekend, and the union passed two items that will implement critical race theory into the classroom with the assistance of unions. Ethical Minority Affairs Causes. The NEA pledged to share and publicize information already available on critical race theory, or CRT, what it is and what it is not, in their words. There will also be a team of staffers dedicated to provide members with information about how to fight back against anti-CRT rhetoric, as they put it and share information with other NEA members as well as community members. Now, I will say that I have gone on and I have looked at what this this union did at their annual business meeting, basically, and the resolutions that were brought up. There were literally 65 resolutions that they voted on, and many of them they went ahead and accepted. Um, I was going to go through many of those and the highlights of those. Unfortunately, they um, seemed to get a little more heat than they wanted to or whatever the case may be, because they ended up, before I could finish that, they ended up taking down that off of their website. They still have the website showing that they had the meeting and all that kind of stuff, but they no longer will show you what they voted on and what the... um, you know, which ones were accepted and which ones were rejected. Much of those things that they voted on were completely out of the scope of a union. But beyond that, like I say, I I, I would have linked that for you to read yourself, but it's no longer available. Uh, in what the NEA claims to be the inclusion of accurate and honest teaching, as they put it, uh, it vowed to, quote, oppose attempts to ban critical race theory, and in the New York Times 1619 Project, which has been scrutinized 
by historians as ahistorical, or obviously not historical. Several states across the country are fighting back against critical race theory by banning educators from teaching it as fact in the public school rooms. Idaho was the first state to pass laws banning critical race theory, and other states such as Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Florida, and Iowa passed similar legislation. Despite the bans, thousands of teachers nationwide have pledged to continue teaching critical race theory, and this is a little bit disturbing. The NEA also vowed to team up with organizations such as, you guessed it, Black Lives Matter at school and the Zinn Education Project, named after an anti-American and factually challenged historian Howard Zinn <laughs> to call for an October 14th rally in honor of George Floyd's birthday as a national day of action to teach lessons about structural racism and oppression, unquote. Now, under the resolution, NEA President Becky Pringle must be committed to making public statements in the media, quote, that support racial honesty in education, including, but not limited to, critical race theory, unquote. That's what she is directed to do. In a separate business item, the NEA pro uh, promised to work on opposition research against organizations that oppose critical race theory. So not only, get this, not only are they going to say, okay, our members are going to work to make sure that critical race theory is a part of curriculum within the school system, the public school system, but we're also going to uh, do opposition research against organizations that oppose things like critical race theory. Quote, the NEA will research the organizations attacking educators doing anti-racist work and or use the research already done and put together a list of resources and recommendations for state affiliates, locals, and individual educators to utilize when they are attacked, unquote, is what the item reads. So they're going to do everything they can to help in, do, in bringing about this critical race theory education and then help those uh, that want to, uh, to come against those that are opposed to it. According to uh, the business items, implementing the newfound critical race theory strategy will cost the union an additional $127,600. Now, like I say, I was going to link all 65 items for you, but they no longer exist on their website. And isn't that kind of a, a, a telling tale here? Why would they take that down? Why did they not want you to see what they voted on to do at their annual business meeting? The resolution flies in the face of some Democrats and many in the mainstream media, frankly, who claim that critical race theory doesn't even exist, right? You've heard this, that, you know, that this critical race theory thing, that's just a made up concept. Um, the former Virginia governor and current gubernatorial candidate, Kerry McAfee, um, uh, he said that critical race theory is another right wing conspiracy theory. That was totally made up by Donald Trump. He said, 
<laughs> MSNBC's Meet the Press host Chuck Dodd, of course, called critical race theory manufactured. <laughs> so, so let's take a look. We we are all about here on this podcast. We're all about getting to the truth, and 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 hunting for the truth. So, what is critical race theory? Well, let's go to the Denver Post. And they said this about it. Critical race theory suggests that racism and other prejudices are social constructs embedded in legal systems and laws, not the product of individual biases. Think of the theory as a remix of the civil rights movement. Uh, Raylan uh, Rabka uh, tells his students at the University of Colorado at Border the the professor he, he's the professor of American Af I'm sorry African American studies uh, and Caribbean studies, and he said that the theory suggests that American culture, religion, and institutions are inextricably linked with race, gender, sexuality, and physical ability. Hmm, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> but it, it's more than that. C- critical race theory says institutions like the, the criminal justice or educational systems have systemic failures, like the intentional segregation or redlining of neighborhoods across the country built into the, the way that those things work, according to uh, Deborah or- Ortega, a professor of social work uh, at the University of Denver. Now, those failures or acts of discrimination might be attributed to a single racist or a, a misogynist administrator or worker, worker, but critical race theory asserts there is a broader and more complicated reason for them. Of course, it's always a broader, more complicated thing, right? They can't even tell you sometimes what they're talking about because it's it's complicated, right? Critical race uh, theory uh, first arose in the 1970s and its roots go back even further, Ortega said. Critical race theory suggests political or societal institutions create and sustain problems like poverty or hunger. So, so in other words, what she's saying here is that this, this theory suggests that that there are there are systems of uh, that political systems, uh, parts of our government, in other words, or parts of our society, or you know parts of different organizations that create and sustain problems. They 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 intentionally create and keep going problems like poverty or hunger, so that these these individuals uh, that are within these organizations. Uh, within these systems, will have privilege and will will have advantage over others, and and keep down certain aspects of society. That's that's where they're going with this. <clears throat> there's there's also a black academic, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, whose concept of intersectionality, when when applied to critical race theory, so it really uh, purports that not only do certain races face discrimination, but so too do other genders, uh, sexual, sexual orientations, and physical abilities even. Uh, quote, everyone hears race, but part of the theory is also what does it mean to be black, a woman, disabled, Ortega said. Simply put, Rabica teaches 
that, that critical race theory is a way to think of other people as humans and acknowledge that each of them comes from a diverse background and with a distinct set of challenges. Okay, so so let's let's dive a little bit deeper. Okay, uh, if I haven't already lost you, <laughs> um, I, I want to go a little bit deeper into this because because words mean things, and one of the things that that they talk a lot about is this intersectionality. Uh, and you ask what what is that? Well, it is a a theory that says that most people are affected negatively uh, by more than than one ism, let's say. Okay, so in other words, if if you are not only a victim, you are a, you, you are a victim many times over. You you may be a victim of racism, uh, of sexism, uh, disabledism, classism, ageism, etc. You know those type of things. If, if something goes wrong in your life, in other words, it, it had nothing to do with you or the choices that you made. It has everything to do with other people that are racist or bigoted towards one or more of the other isms. <laughs> so if you did not get the pay raise that maybe you wanted, let's say, uh, it was because of intersectionality. You may be white. And you say that, you know, even under critical race theory, I should have advantage and I should have gotten the raise because I'm white, right? If, if, if critical race theory is, is correct and it really is a thing, and me being white means I should have gotten the raise. But intersectionality says that you are also female or you're middle class or you're over 40 um, with onset diabetes, let's say. Uh, so you are a victim of all these different isms, and that is why you didn't get the raise. So racism and sexism and all the other isms come from people that are racist or sexist, for example. But intersectionality and critical race theory make make great bedfellows, just to be honest. It's like a wonderful marriage made in heaven, or, or maybe in this case, hell. <laughs> that, that's, that's because they believe it isn't just racists or sexist people that are causing your problems. It is everyone that has an identity of these privileged categories that are a part of the problem. If you deny this, then you are even more a part of the problem. We can't have a discussion about the validity of these academics because you have not apologized for being a part of these categories and offered to pay for, for them, for your sins in, in the form of retribution or reparations. But if that wasn't enough, because obviously that's a lot, right? But if that wasn't enough, these theories go even farther into the realm of insanity. They say that these victims are being negatively affected by the, quote, systems, unquote, that we live in and by. For example, you may not know a racist personally. I, I don't. I don't know anybody that is, is a racist and has, has racist ideals or opinions. But the very fact 
that you own a house means that you are a racist or uh, affected by racism. Since a higher percentage of whites own homes than blacks, you are a part of a racist system. Do you see how this works? If, if you go to a Bible-believing church, you are, a, you are a part of the heterosexism problem, right? You, you may say, but I love my heterosexual neighbor. That doesn't really matter, though. The fact that you are a part of a system, a Bible-believing church, that says that homosexuality is a sin, well, that means that you are a part of a system that promotes heterosexism. And so you, you need to not be a part of that church because you're a part of the problem. <laughs> Christian, Muslim, and Jewish groups were among the religious organizations receiving part of a former Jeff Bezos wife, Mackenzie Scott's latest $2.7 billion donation, but evangelical groups were not included. Now, I, I bring this up because this is a great example because you, uh, of what I'm talking about. You, you may not think that what I'm saying is, is, is true, but it's true. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. Quote, we are all attempting to give away a fortune that was enabled by systems in the need of change. So you see what she's saying here. Okay. This is Scott saying, this is, this is Jeff Bezos's, you know, ex-wife. Uh, he was the head of, of Amazon and all that. He's very rich, a lot richer now, even after the pan pandemic, because everybody is buying online. But she says here that we're all attempting to give away a fortune that was embedded or enabled by systems in need of change. So you see, here's these systems that need to change because they're part of the problem of all these isms, right? In a, she said this in, in, a, in a post on Medium that, quote, the social structures that inflate wealth present obstacles to equally and, and equality and justice for women and racial and sexual minorities. I, I want to cover this again. The social structures that inflate wealth present obstacles to equality and justice for women and racial and sexual minorities. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. She is, she is saying right here exactly what I just said, that there are systems that keep minorities of all different types, whether it be sexual, whether it be racial, it doesn't matter, that these so social structures are, are, are presenting obstacles for these people when it comes to equality and justice. Among the progressive Christian groups included in Scott's latest round of giving included Faith in Action. Okay, so so she she gave money to to some groups that would be considered, you know, Christian or or religious in some way anyway. And and she definitely did not give any money to the evangelical groups, which of course are going to be a lot more Bible Bible believing. And among these Christian groups, or these religious groups, I guess, that she gave to is a, a group called Faith in Action. A, it's, it's a national organization uh, network that works to dismantle systems of injustice fueled by hatred and racism 
And and Faith in Public Life is another one she gave to. A national network of 50,000 clergy and faith leaders united in the uh, prophetic pursuit of justice, they say. Uh, radical equality and common and the common good is what they say that they're after. Now, this Faith in Public Life group, which is in recent years has, has literally tripled its staff, quadrupled its annual budget, and, est- and an estimated, um, uh, I'm sorry, insta- established permanent offices in several battleground states. Um, and it has a mission, and this is what their mission is, to fight Christian nationalism and the religious right. <laughs> Scott, now Scott, the ex-wife of, of Bezos, also gave uh, to another dozen philanthropic uh, phil- phil- organizations, Electric? Okay. You know what I mean. <laughs> you, can, you can quit laughing now. <laughs> and and uh, organizations that give money away and try to do good good things, right? And, <laughs> and entities that report on uh, this these type of activities as well as art-based charities. But while she gave to three progressive Christian groups, uh, that focus on radical equality and freedom for LGBTQ P plus people. She chose not to give to any groups with the Christian evangelical realm. So why do you think that she would exclude evangelical groups? Because they are a part of the problem since they believe the Bible is true. So back to the article in the, in, in the Denver Post. Ortega, who is also director of Nadiu's uh, Latinx Center, appointed to um, America schools and history taught within, it's, uh, it's often whitewashed or reflects favorably and sometimes inaccurately on white people, particularly white men. Quote, for how many years did we say Columbus discovered America as though there was nothing here but squirrels before, Ortega asked. Okay, so <laughs> we can almost go on a, to an entirely new podcast with that one. Uh, Ravica suggests a uh, comparison between how black communities struggling with crack cocaine are treated compared to the white communities with skyrocketing use of methamphetamine. Both outcomes are the product of the system from which they come, rather than the prejudices of a single person, they said. Um, you, you may say that the NEA is doing this all for show, and teachers will never, never, ever teach that kind of racism in our classrooms. But in fact, many states are outlawing the teaching of critical race theory. In an article, another article from the Daily Wire, thousands of, of teachers have pledged to continue teaching based on critical race theory, even if the state law bans it, contradicting those who claim nothing like that has ever been taught in schools. Now, the Zinn Education Project, which we talked about a little earlier, named after that anti-American and and really just not really a historian whatsoever, Howard Zinn, has uh, collected signatures from more than 4,200 teachers 4,200 teachers who, quote, pledged to teach the truth despite the state, the new state bills against it, unquote. 
Now, I want to read to you this pledge that they signed, all right? Because it's important. The pledge says, a recent bill introduced in the Missouri legislature exemplifies a rash of similar bills in Texas, Idaho, Arkansas, Iowa, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, West Virginia, Arizona, and North Carolina that aim to prohibit teachers from teaching the truth about this country. It was founded on, and, and this is this is what they say the truth was, it was founded on dispos- uh, dispossession of Native Americans, slavery, structural racism and oppression, and structural racism is a defining characteristic of our society today. We, the undersigned educators, refuse to lie to young people about the U.S. history and current events, regardless of the law. Teachers and education officials have increasingly expressed sworn uh, at at the desires of parents who entrust their kids to them, telling themselves they have a moral obligation to, you know, belabor a sense of of pervasive oppression to uh, impressionable young people. The, the list includes teachers from conservative states such as Indiana, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Idaho, as well as places like Seagirt, New Jersey, a 97% white beachfront town with all Republican government and a median home income of more than a million dollars. Their desire to flout the will of parents also extends to the flouting the law. In Tennessee, Liz Jarvis, an English uh, as a uh, second language, an ESL teacher at Cornerstone Prep in Memphis, said she will not abide by a bill that passed the state house. Should it be signed into law, to be to be to be frank, she said, the bill will not make it harder for my, you know, personal classroom because I plan to ignore it, is what she said. Who's going to enforce it? She asks. So even if you live in a state that has outlawed the teaching of critical race theory, or maybe the 1619 project, children in public schools are still potentially at risk. I now I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast of all 4,200 teachers who signed this pledge. And it's going to be sorted by state and city. So you can, you can see who the teachers are in your area. You just simply go down, click on them. It'll be at the bottom of the article. And, and you can just simply click on, on the, the state that you're in. And then you can see the different cities and within those cities and towns, uh, you can see if any teachers in your area signed this pledge because this is to, to say that you're that's that that you're going to do this no matter what no matter what the law is as a teacher is just unacceptable and so you need to know if there are teachers in your area that have gone to this point of signing this thing so that'll be in the description now again you may agree and you may disagree with this but i would definitely love to hear from you either way and you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com thank you for listening This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.